who does that anymore? What is that like philosophy degrees now? Oh, good Lord. I don't know. I shouldn't trash on people. I'll cut this out later. Um, <laughs> Why would you cut it Leave out? It have, have AI do it. Have AI cut it out for you. <laughs> right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Auction Advocate, the podcast where we're all in. I am Erin Ships, Director of Marketing and Communications for the National Auctioneers Association, and today I've got two big brains in the studio to chat about marketing. Brooke Gillespie, AMM, is a content marketing lead for Steffes Group in Minnesota, specializing in farm, ranch, and livestock, heavy equipment, and construction machinery, and doing a little benefit auctions on the side. Uh, She has a degree in marketing from North Dakota State, and although she just graduated in 2020, she has been working for Steffes Group since she was 14 and is a former international junior auctioneer champion. Welcome, Brooke. Happy to be here. Thank you. And my other guest today is J.D. Miller. He is the digital marketing executive at Jeff Martin Auctioneers, which handles bankruptcy auctions, business liquidation, surplus auctions, heavy equipment, construction, machinery, and industrial and manufacturing equipment. And anything else. (laughs) (laughs) All of the above and more. Uh, JD studied broadcast media at North Greenville University and after stints in radio and talk shows and starting his own business, he is now happily embedded in the world of auctions. Welcome, JD. Howdy, howdy. So attendees from our recent digital marketing summit will know Brooke from her presentation with John Schultz on the AI-powered revolution. And JD literally jumped out at me from one of our recent community conversations on marketing, bringing so much relevant information and insight that I had to get him on the auction advocate. First, I want you guys to give a little bit more about your background um, on your journeys that brought you where you are today. Brooke, let's start with you. Yeah, um, I grew up on a um, my family farm in West Central Minnesota, and when I was eight years old, my brother and my uncle went to auction school. My family's good friends with Paul Seabear, um, so he encouraged them to go, and so I grew up watching them, uh, went to their auction school graduation, all that stuff, and then when I was 14, um, I was approached by Paul Bear, and he invited me to go to Worldwide. So I went way outside my comfort zone and I did just that. And I graduated in 2014 at 14 years old. And that summer, I started working with Steffes Group just as a part-time ringman um, at their consignment events. And then during like my, uh, my winter break from high school and stuff like that, I'd work auctions when I could. And then I ended up going to college here in Fargo, North Dakota at North Dakota State and started working in the office as an administrative assistant. And then when I graduated in December 2020, I joined the marketing team full-time, and now I'm the content marketing lead. So I've been around the company and the business for about nine years now, and it's just been all I've known for most of my life. Yeah, so you, you've been around it for a long time, as young as you are, a long time. JD's, you're just a couple years into the auction world, aren't you? Yeah, I get really jealous hearing everybody's stories of, you know, <laughs> I, I grew up ring manning, like that that blows my mind. And um, I'm, I'm literally two years into the industry. And so what brought you to Jeff Martin Auctioneers? Well, uh, you basically hit the nail on the head. I'm a good old country boy from down south in South Carolina, and I got into tech young. Um, my family was on the slower moving side. Um, we didn't have high speed internet until like 2010. Um, 
But the second I got my hands on knowledge and be able to use it, I went crazy. Uh, my programs, websites for fun in my spare time as a teenager, got into broadcast media with my church, um, and a local, a couple local movie companies out of Georgia. Um, I got the joy of being part of their productions. Um, and then I went to college thinking I'm going to be this big producer, broadcaster and, and found out it's very, very cutthroat. So, um, yeah. went to the nonprofit <laughs> sector with radio training group was there for about five years and learned that everything I was doing from my side of the camera was marketing the shot, was marketing the mm -hmm. audio, was, was setting up how I want you to see it. And that was like, okay, that's awesome. How can I transition this into more, you know, money for me? Um, how can I change this <laughs> into a career? Cause where I was at at the time was not a career path. And, um, I started learning about SEO and Google ads and Facebook ads and, and how the internet was growing and working and, and some of the insane marketings that we've seen. And so I started doing that myself. A friend of mine's husband has started a company doing that for very large corporations. And I was like, oh, but mom and pops aren't going to help. You know, he can do it for the big guys, but how do I help mom and pops? And mm -hmm. um, in 2019, I got to eight clients, all just little brick and mortar mom and pop stops in Greenville, South Carolina. And then in 2020, COVID came and said, we're going to stop having people come to buildings. And if you're not coming to a brick and mortar, they can't pay me. So I went from being close yeah. to being my own boss to losing it all. I was doing uh, business sales with AT&T at the time, um, doing mobility sales. And then there says a, you know, a plate filler. And I said, I want to get back into it. I want to do it full time. Found a job here with Jeff Mart Auctioneers. All disclosure, I did not know anything about the auction industry as it is now. <laughs> My auction history is going to, we call them junkets down here in South Carolina. Um, <laughs> it's just the small consignment auctions where it can be anything from Amazon pallets to your grandma's antiques to a guy bought out a grocery store. You know, you never know what it is. And it's, but it's just small, like 60 to 100 people in a room. And that's my whole experience with auction. And now I'm reaching millions every week with our auctions and seeing huge numbers and all this craziness and just it, it's a new world to me but i am loving it i came into jeff martin auctioneers thinking it was just this location not knowing they were as large as they are now eight permanent locations 19 across the country it's in and in, in learning all about who they are and how big they were and what their goal is and then i came in right before we started growing when i came in we had 40 employees now we're just crossed 160 so it's just it's it's, it's a new world for me and i'm along for the ride as long as they'll keep me <laughs> Yeah, I think you're stuck now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an addiction. It gets in your blood. It really uh, does. It really is. It really is. <laughs> that is the truth. So I want to give a little context to the work that you do um, at your respective companies. Let's talk about the platforms and avenues you're currently using for auction marketing. Yeah, I mean, I think we're 2023. We're in a huge digital age right now. So the primary things that we're using our digital mediums. And that starts, I think, with Google and Facebook. And it's been like that for years. And I don't foresee that changing immediately. Um, however, we do dabble, if that's the correct word, in like Instagram and Bing, Twitter, Hulu. We just started experience, experimenting with Reddit and Spotify. Hmm. Very, very green there. Haven't done a whole lot. Um, and then local TV for some farm real estate projects and email. I mean, we're, we're heavy digital. And I think, just think that is a reflection on the times we're in. Yeah. I can't agree more. Um, we're, we're everywhere we can hit you. 
we still believe in print mailing. So we do a lot of um, postcards and mail brochures and stuff. Not as much as we would back in the day. Um, as my understanding is back in the day, we do thousands upon thousands upon thousands for a little auction just to get the word out. But it was a lot cheaper back then. Now, the cost of printing and the cost of sh uh, shipping is, is a lot more. So we're very direct with it. But we do see a, a, a nice turnover with print mailing. But yeah, as Brooke said, we're... Every every set of eyes we can get in front of on the internet, we're gonna we're gonna make sure you see us. So, in all of the different avenues, do you have um, different strategies for which channels you use for different target audiences? I think it really depends on what the budget allows. So, I think Google and Facebook, like I said, I'm going to sound like a broken record, <laughs> um, but I think we we start with we start there, and as budget allows, we can add in those other mediums. Um, what about you, JD? Absolutely. I, I, I think it all comes down to budgetary constraints. That's been a big talk uh, internal for us is making sure we're, we're hitting targets and not, you know, over underspending and making sure we're, we're, we're doing everything we can for our clients. Because when it comes to the auction, we, we, we're, we're not a salesman in the sense of the bed caller. We're a service provider. We want to make sure we're doing the best value added service we can. So, yeah, um, for us, a big one's email emails just it, it's insane to see you hit the send button on an email and then here's the traffic on your website just and it's just crazy mm -hmm. to see how that does work well and then you know, like she said facebook and google and bing um, <laughs> I, I think bing's about to be a fighting force with the new stuff coming into their platform so i'm an I'm a, a advocate for bing right now as well very interesting. I can vouch um, we're currently going through all of the marketing competition entries and print is definitely alive and well still. I've got a giant stack in my office <laughs> of postcards and brochures and and not just for auctions, but for promoting their companies as well. Um, where do you find your biggest engagements and returns? Is it in the email? Email is probably our greatest return. Mm -hmm. there, there's, a, there's an old time marketing saying it got it cost less to keep a customer than to get a new one. So once I have you, once you've bought with me, once you've trusted me and you're buying or selling or both, hopefully um, it, I, I just need to let you know what's happening. So email is great for that. Um, engagement wise, direct engagement. Um, Brooke's going to broken record again. It's, it's Facebook, like, like Facebook, 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 Google gets great mm -hmm. interaction, but Facebook is sharing your life with the person. Um, as well as we're working on trying to do the TikTok thing and trying to make sure that we're hitting that avenue as well, because that is super interaction focused. So mm -hmm. just making sure we can do everything right for our customers with it. I will echo what JD said, Facebook and Google again, but I will say I'm very surprised at the return we've gotten lately on our Twitter ads. I was very caught off guard when we started mm -hmm. to do them. I just like one example, we have a campaign running, it's ongoing campaign targeting sellers. We've spent about, when I looked yesterday, it was like $780 that we spent so far on this campaign. It's gotten 204,000 impressions and over 70,000 link clicks. Whoa, so that's a 35% wow. click-through rate on this one campaign. And that's unlike anything I've ever seen before. I granted not every campaign on Twitter performs like that, but I was so shocked. Like we, we preach Facebook and Google and then we started using Twitter and all of a sudden we're seeing these re insane results. So I, I really think that's an underrated, um, platform that not many people have stuck their toes in yet, hmm. which surprising. I thought with the 
Elon Musk, Twitter, everything that mm-hmm. happened, thought it was kind of going to decline. It didn't. It didn't affect us. It actually helped us. So very surprised there. And I will say the campaign or the posts that we seem to get the most engagement on are the posts that show that we're real people. Mm-hmm. When we're featuring our employees or we're showing what we're doing in the, in the community, stuff like that, that's not even necessarily related to auctions. But the, when the public is seeing that we're real people living real lives, those do so well. Yeah. For, for just a little inside baseball, that's two and a half cent per click. That's unheard of. <laughs> I know. Like, like I literally I'm, I'm, looked I'm... at these results yesterday <laughs> and I was just like... Refresh. Did I see that correctly? <laughs> yeah. I, that's not even the only one. We had, we have another one, um, an auction specific one that had like a 28% click through rate. So it, it was just wild. Yeah. JD, what kind of TikTok content are you doing over there? We've done a couple of all the way around. <laughs> um, we've done a couple normal, just, you know, look at our auction here. Here's pictures, the slideshows. Um, I have a very heavy video editing background, so I can I can do anything you want, just advertisement wise. Throw it together. Um, mm-hmm. Like our new um, social media person, her name is Kim Taylor. She is doing some interview style content, talking to people at the auction, and that's getting some really good traction. The hardest thing with TikTok, in my opinion, in a past life, I had a very large TikTok following and was removed from the platform and everything during the the, the fun days of TikTok. Um, <laughs> but with TikTok, you have to do constant uploads and you have to hit your target audience at the time they're watching. With my old personal platform, I knew at six o'clock at night I had to have a video out because that's when the people who saw my content and engaged were on TikTok. And the way the algorithm works, it's local, then national, then international. So with us, we're just having to figure out when our clientele is on the platform and what they want to see. Some people do want to see just pictures of equipment. Uh, Instagram mm-hmm. proves that people love and just as posting a- ads for new pieces in an auction. Oh, but you also have people who want to see a guy joking around about why a tire is so much bigger than he is. So <laughs> you never know what, what's going to be. Fantastic. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, social media. Um, so I'm thinking about uh, the different strategies that we have here at NAA. You know, we've got our internal audience of all of you members, um, but then we've also got a focus on educating the public about auctions. Um, do you find that you have different strategies for those company promotions versus straight up auction promotions? Like I said before, I think when we're promoting our company, showing that we are real people, um, pe- people that are that the public can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the strategy behind promoting our brand, whereas promoting equipment. If that yeah. makes sense, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, brand marketing. It's it's it's. There's a very fine balance. Like for us, this um, this week we're having three auctions. It's really hard for us to find that balance. But when we mm-hmm. do both, we see a really good return in saying, "Hey, here's." you know, here's who we are. We live by our mantra is experience the difference. And that, that's what we want people to understand is we're not just, a, you know, another random person wanting to help you sell your equipment or, or whatever it is, you know, we actually care. And that, that that's really hard for us to show out in the world inside the business. If you walk in the door and you talk to people and uh, you see Miss Donna at the front desk and you come and talk to our title people, like it's, it's just fun. You know, the people here, they care that they, they got a smile on their face, but, 
it's really hard to make sure people out in the world understand why we do what we do and how much care and time we actually do put in what we do because we are, like I said, we are a service provider and we want to do the best we can for our clientele. And JD, like you said, you have three auctions this week. So how do you, <laughs> how do you find that balance of, okay, we have to promote these auctions, but we also have to promote ourselves and we don't want to oversaturate the platforms. So that's a constant battle we're fighting too. Mm-hmm. Like in 2022, we did 670 auctions. Okay. If we're promoting 670 auctions, there's only 365 days in a year. Yeah. yeah. What days do we have to promote ourselves? <laughs> So that's an ongoing battle it's of possible. how do we do both? How do we manage both? How do we effectively promote both? Yeah. And for us right now, we're trying to focus on bigger, you know, big events. We want to have, you know, uh, we, we do the small stuff, but we want to have big auctions and something like our um, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, our home location, um, they'll have thousands of pieces of equipment. So for, it, it when we're talking that volume, I have a really hard time of saying how I'm going to advertise everything here, make sure people see this. But Hey, there's one three days later in South Carolina. There's another one on the West coast, you know, and, and getting that balance. Now <laughs> Brooke's going to hate me here. Um, there's no such thing <laughs> as oversaturating Facebook. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, but I, I, I'm a firm believer in everybody's on their phone all day now. Um, oh, absolutely. And um, we're seeing a great engagement rate. Now, there is a, there's a there's a point, but I think you can post seven, eight times a day and be okay. Oh, yeah. It just... But, oh, we but posted it, nine, ten and when we've had to. Yeah, when you have to. And, and that's the thing, you yeah. have to. And I'm sitting here like, make it two hours apart. At least give it two hours. Like, <laughs> let like, people start see at 6 a.m. and post every two hours the whole day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and our biggest, our, our craziest battle right now we're doing is time zones. Is, is saying, mm-hmm. how do we how do we show, you know, yeah, we're based out of Mississippi. Our entire marketing team's in South Carolina on the East Coast, you know. Our sales director is in Florida half the time. Like, h- how do we c- convey what we're doing and where we're doing it and making sure we're on time with people's lives in all three districts? And then you have California and it's, it's a three and a half, four hour difference, you know, and it's, it's really interesting just to, to correlate with that because we don't want you to miss it at 6 a.m. here because that's 4 a.m. there or, mm-hmm. you know, 3 a.m. But it's, it's really interesting just to see how the analytics work. I love numbers. I love seeing growth and engagements mm-hmm. and impressions. And it's just, it's really cool to see. I know I'm posting six today to see how this one works at 7 a.m. But the one at 7 p.m. didn't work as great. Oh, no. Okay. So we need to, we need to not yeah. post that late. We need to post it earlier. And just, I love seeing how it does work. And luckily I use a scheduling software that gives me the optimal posting time. So I'm like, that takes a little bit of stress off me. It gives, it gives, brings some like five stars, four stars and all the way down to one. So it does, Mm -hmm. it does help a little. So I'm not just throwing a a dart at a board and hoping that it sticks. Right. Um, But no, there's, I totally agree with you, JD. It is a, it's an ongoing battle. Well, this, where this conversation is going leads into my next question, which is always my favorite is what do you wish your bosses understood more about your jobs? I plead the fifth. Uh, no, not happening. They don't listen. It's fine. They don't listen uh, to this. this <laughs> Just kidding. They do. They do. So, uh, for us, it's been a growth issue. Um, like I said, we went from yeah. I think the actual number before we we, we started in 
Minnesota was 37 employees and we're just crossing the 160 mark. And with that comes a lot more auctions with that comes a lot more, you know, advertise my piece. Hey, advertise my piece, especially when you're working with a sales team and understanding. I like the word understanding it. I like saying Mm -hmm. how we do what we do. And I'm really, really trying hard to explain and show and, keep the executive team in the loop of saying, Hey, here's how we're doing what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. And just explaining why we do it in different fashions for different markets, because stuff that works in South Carolina, is not going to work in Minnesota? Is it going to work in Texas? So it's really hard just to communicate, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something with a, with a cowboy feature idea and the, this is this, this weird campaign down in texas but new hampshire is not going to do that because it's still snowing up there you know they're not thinking about all western movies right now they're thinking about getting through the fourth foot they got last night yeah i think the fact that there is a reason behind everything we do although that reason may not be evident right away we're not just doing it because we feel like it Um, And I think I have a different perspective than JD. He seems to work with a lot more auction-specific marketing, whereas I'm on the institutional, the brand side a lot. Um, So I create that type of content. And I think one thing that's hard to convey is that valuable, high-quality content is not created overnight. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And it's crucial. Like, that high-quality content is crucial for, like, for establishing your credibility and it should provide a value to our audience and just putting out content to put out content. There is no value behind it. Um, I'd rather, I'd rather create good content than a lot of content. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a a back and forth, whereas they just, they just want to see stuff changing Mm -hmm. and they just want to see that content being put out without the reason behind the content that is put out. I also think another thing that is kind of hard to convey to them is the value of experimentation and giving us the freedom to try new things, try new platforms, try new ways. It's not always going to work, but we have to, in order to grow, we have to experiment. And I think there, there has to be a level of trust in the fact that we're doing something to try to learn, not just because we feel like doing it. Yeah. I kind of equate it in my own life to juggling a thousand balls and somebody says, be creative, be creative. For me, the biggest one right now is it, nothing's done instantly. Yeah. And I have, you know, a whole team behind me. And they're like, we need this. Cool. You'll get it in two days. Like, yeah. Put it, we'll add it to the list. You're yeah. at the back of the line. Thank you. Like, and, and, you know, of course you triage and do what needs done when it needs done, but it's just crazy. The amount of time, the little things that, you know, have to get done. And when you're talking to the size of either of our, our, our respective companies, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to do a one page flyer, you know, <laughs> but we've got to get that done as well. So we're, we're always yeah. cranking it out. Just, just nonstop. Or every sales rep thinks their auction is the most important. That's another thing. <laughs> it is Brooke. It is. I know. <laughs> them, it is, yeah. Exactly. It's like, yep. I, I have 40 others to do. Thank you. <laughs> Wow. So I did talk a little bit about um, how the NAA works to promote auctions to the public. Being in the weeds and on the ground where you are, do you still find public perception issues with auctions? Absolutely. I don't think as much as we used to. 
Mm-hmm. I think the the work of auction professionals around the world and the NAA auctions used to be viewed as they're only for the dead and desperate. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the perception has changed slightly. I don't know that we'll ever, we're never going to change the opinion of everybody. And we still do run into some issues, but I think it has, it has changed in the, in recent years, just due to the advocacy work of, of the association and the, and its members the perception of the public has changed that it's not just for dead and desperate people anymore. And it can be the first choice. Right. You say the last couple of years, that just makes me wonder, you know, more auctions companies were forced to go online during COVID. Do you think that has something to do with it? I do. Mm -hmm. I think online auctions weren't trusted for a large majority of people prior um, when they were forced to use them and, they were able to see the results. I think that I, I think that just escalated our our industry. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, you saw a lot of naysayers, a lot of people who were like, "This isn't real; it's a scam," so on and so forth. But as it went around, you saw those comments less and less. You saw less people badgering, and more people being excited to have the option to bid again. Hmm. Absolutely. So, JD, what kind of perception issues are you seeing in your? In your neighborhood, we have a lot of dealer licensed auto auctions and and corporate just different corporation auctions, and a lot of people don't see that as fair. So we're lucky; we're fully open to the public, so we don't have that perception of us, and we make it very clear that everyone's welcome to come and you know buy buy a screwdriver if you need a screwdriver, or if you want to you know a D six T excavator for a hundred grand, you come do that too. You know whatever you're looking for, but our biggest thing is making people making sure people understand that anyone can bid and you don't have to have the license to be a part of our industry because everything around us, literally six miles up the road, six miles down the road, you have to have a license. So. Got it. So let's talk about unsuccessful marketing campaigns. What have you learned from those? Have you had any or are you all just masters of your craft? <laughs> no, never, never had a bad one. You know that <laughs> Hannah Montana song, Nobody's Perfect? Yeah. <laughs> so I think not everything we do is a home run, mm-hmm. no matter what industry you're in. Um, even, But even if something flops, if there was a lesson that was learned from it, it's not an entire flop. And it wasn't entirely unsuccessful, whether that lesson was on the verbiage or the audience or the fact that there wasn't enough research done or we rushed something, whatever that lesson was, if you can learn something from your experience to change that in the future, it's a win, even if not everybody sees that way, sees it that way immediately. Yeah, I I definitely think for us, we had a transition period where we were too information heavy and we definitely saw an issue there um and we, we were able to fix it and correct it and, and say this is how we you know this is our standard form of practice but yeah everything's got, everything's got a shelf life and you always have to be working and changing it i mean you're gonna have a great campaign that works for you and you do it again and it doesn't do anything Absolutely. and you've gotta you've gotta be able to switch gears really quickly and um, I'm sure all of us have gotten that, you know, 10 o'clock at night call. Hey, nothing's happening here. What can we do to fix this? And you're like, okay, I'll get my laptop out. <laughs> Let's see what I can find real quick. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to, to, to see, you know, something that got you, you know, a 30% engagement. And now you're looking at 2% and you're like, why? 
Yeah. And sometimes you don't know why. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about the future. What innovative uh, marketing strategies are you eyeing for auctions aside from AI? Because we will get into AI next. But is there anything else that you're looking at? I think the increased use of the short vertical video, um, people's attention span is nearly non-existent. So keeping that short vertical video on the forefront. And I think there's always going to be new social media platforms coming out, whether like the new one, Be Real. Granted, they don't have ads on there yet, but these new platforms that are always coming to the forefront, and I think there's a lot of opportunity in the future on these new platforms to stay in front of people because people's uh, trends are going to change. They're not always going to spend their time on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. They're going to be they're going to be somewhere else. So staying being able to adapt and looking at those new technologies as they're released, I think is is a future strategy and a future opportunity for us. For me, my big focus right now, I think, is I'm excited to explore the world of live simulcasting um, mm-hmm. and really showing the experience. For me, as an outsider coming in, I still have a hard time just believing when I walk into a room of a thousand people and the ringman yelling and, you know, the, the auctioneer chanting and just the excitement of an auction, especially when we're, um, when we're, when we're having the items being ramped and moving right past the auction. You're actually going to see these pieces of equipment, you know, articulating in front of you. I feel like that's not something the average person understands. We see it on TV, you know, with, with the crazy big car auctions and stuff like that. But, you know, I can go be a part of this. I can go be a part of that excitement. And, and we won't, we've said it for the last few years. It's not just another auction. It's an auction event. And it really is when you're sitting there and you, and the crowd's going crazy and they're taking 20 bids a minute. And it's just, it's, it's really, really a lot of fun. Um, so I think trying to show that on TikTok, on Facebook, on YouTube, but um, live where you're like, you know, that's what's happening there. Either I need to get there or I want to bid online, you know, however I want to be a part of it. Outside of that, I do think, keeping eyes on new trends is huge. I am praying that the short form video dies again the way Vine did. Um, <laughs> I don't think it will. Sadly, I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, but I do think we're seeing some real growth in YouTube again. I think YouTube's back on mm-hmm. the uptrend. Um, Absolutely. The, the shorts helped with that, but you have a lot of people who are wanting the longer content. They love the short content. You know, they love the Amazon item here's what it does in the kitchen go buy one but you also have them going okay well what is what how does it actually work let me go see what someone actually reviews it for and and you know what's wrong with it what's good about it and we're seeing some of the long form coming back so i'm excited to see that transition and some of the big competitors youtube coming out as well um like rumble and stuff and being being able to, to reach them where they're at yeah my uh kids sadly pretty much live on youtube um i don't hate admitting that, but it's, you know, it's worth analyzing why mm-hmm. and how you can reach those because they're going to be shoppers one day Absolutely. and this is how they're growing up. Um, my JD, sister just I, sent me a video yesterday of my niece videotaping herself. She's four. <laughs> she was videotaping herself on my sister's phone. And then my sister said that she was standing on her bed, looking in the mirror and goes, don't forget to subscribe if you want. <laughs> 
I was like, that is our future. I know it. I know it. I was just going to say my daughter um, le- wants to make videos and she's like, can you put that on YouTube? And I'm like, I, you don't have a YouTube channel. What? <laughs> this is not something that happens here. You're seven. Mm-hmm. Little entrepreneur. Maybe she's trying to make some I money. Mean, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> the, the next Ryan's toy box. Oh, God. Yes, don't that's get me so started. crazy. Started on Ryan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, come on. Okay. Eight million a year in profit for a little boy of pink toys. It's insane. It's insane. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I would not be here today. I would not be where I'm at without YouTube. I will strictly say yeah. that I learned mm-hmm. so much from just someone else sitting up and saying, this is how I do this. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can do it that way. Tweak it to my style. And especially within the graphic animation, After Effects and 3D modeling and everything, just to make that value added step for my own personal gain would not be where I'm at without it. Yeah. JD, I also liked what you said about um, the live simulcasting. I think as much as people think they understand auctions, I think putting that content out of what it actually looks like, what, you know, lowering that barrier of entry that people are maybe intimidated still, I think the public is still very intimidated, especially younger people who didn't grow grow up going to auctions the way that that the previous generations had. Um yeah, so I th- I'm excited about that kind of content. Yeah, I'm stoked. I really want to get to where it's four cameras and it's 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 a TV show on Facebook. <laughs> the whole production. I want to get there, but uh, in, in time, in due time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the thing that I know you both want to talk about, which is AI. Um, <laughs> Brooke, you did recently give a presentation on this, like I said, with John Schultz at our Digital Marketing Summit. And I was watching through that and was just in awe of being able to watch it in action. Um, so let's talk about it. I want to, I have a few bullet points of things that you talked about in that presentation, but I want to start with what you guys are excited about. The level of productivity that mm-hmm. I have where I can work weeks ahead on creating content rather than doing it all by myself day by day. I'm able to work ahead, just stockpile it and it just increases my productivity so much. And it just continues to blow my mind, the use cases of it. One of my coworkers, I was showing her just the other day and she had it create an entire LinkedIn profile with it for her. Wow. She imported some facts about herself and it had, it spit out all these, all the categories that she had to import into her LinkedIn. And she's like, then later on, she's like, I think we could use this for creating our auctioneer's notes. We just have to, we'll have to, come up with some questions to ask our sellers. And I was like, why would you come up with those on your own? So <laughs> I, I was like, here's 10 questions that it just spit up for me, alter them as you see fit. So I just think that it's going to make us so much more efficient mm. and, cr- and get away from that writer's block stage of so much of my day when I'm trying to create this written content when I either I only have an idea, I don't have an outline, or I have an outline, I don't have the content, I can start there and then be a critical thinker and alter it to how I need to have the final output. So just the level of productivity that I have after using it just continues to blow my mind. Yeah, I will second that because being creative constantly is exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. And I had um, five scripts to write for National Auctioneers Week videos that 
um, volunteer members were doing. And I had AI do some of that, that work. Mm -hmm. And then I also had, um, questions for our keynote speaker at conference. We're just doing a little Q and A with him and it's about AI. And I was like, I don't understand AI enough to ask a person of this level questions. So I used AI to generate the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely right there with you. Um, it's, I had a three day shoot down at an auction in Kissimmee, Florida in February, three camera, four cameras, um, three days. I gave it all the information about the auction as much as I could feed it. And I said, um, help me start a storyboard. And it shot, it, it literally gave me out by the hour, what each cameraman would be doing. Wow. And I was just like, this would have taken me a day and a half just to yes. sit here and do it. And it kicked it out in seven minutes. Um, <laughs> And it's great. Mike, I'm super excited to see what we can do with Bing Chat. Bing Chat's going to be, it's got active internet access. You know, you can literally tell it with the new GPT-4, hey, go look at my Facebook. What are some ads you think I should produce? And it's going to give you ideas. It's going to pull pictures from your website. It's going to do all the work for you with active current information. And that just it's terrifying. <laughs> so scary, but so cool. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. And with the new chat GPT four, they just released some of their internal studies where they released it on the internet and it built a free website, purchased product, listed product. It hired a person on Fiverr to do the captcha for it because it can't do the captcha because it doesn't have, a, it doesn't have like image. It has image recognition, but not like enough to do, do the, the AI stopper. It was paid someone $5 to do that online and literally from start to finish started its own website. And it's just, it's crazy. It's insane. I will say with, with GPT four, it went from being able to pass the uniform bar exam 10% to 90% with the new technology. Mm -hmm. That's how advanced it is. And it just, it's so crazy. It's scary. It's terrifying, <laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah. It's licensed to practice um, medicine in 14 States. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I love that storyboard idea. I have a 12 hour live stream to produce along with IAC. So I might be tapping into that. We've used it to storyboard <laughs> short videos. We've used it to do our voiceovers, our, radio scripts you can think it about it we've probably tried it because <laughs> we're like i'm like oh you don't know what to do let's see what chat gpt can give us yep yeah. the only thing is is you always have to remember it loves to lie to you <laughs> yeah you have to it will make it up because i did one and i asked it for an auction summary hey summarize how this auction went here's all the information from it and it just spit out this number on how much we sold and the auction was a yeah, good yeah. auction, but it's like $31 million. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So, so you still have to be a human. Like, yep, you still have to be a human and alter it afterwards, but oh, it, can, yeah. it can get you dang close. Oh, yeah. Uh, so one of the things you talked about in your presentation, Brooke, was about blogging. And I found that very fascinating. I mean, the fact that blogging is still out there is still a very viable tool for getting information and getting engagement. Um, we have our auctions work blog here at the NAA and just it's for the public. It's writing about, you know, about auctions and, and getting more understanding for the public out there. And that along with our Google ads with it, I mean, the engagement was insane. It was mm -hmm. so many views and it's just like, well, I'm not even doing anything different. It's just, it's working. So 
with that in mind, talk about that blog process that that you go through with with ChatGPT. Yeah, so I I feed it as much information as I possibly can on whatever, whether it's if it's about our company, I'll, I import the about us section and tell it about give it some background information. If it's about auctions, feed it as much information as I can. And then what I've done is I just ask for some ideas. Can you give me some ideas on blog topics? And if there's some that jump out at me, I ask for it to write, write an outline. Mm-hmm. So then that at least gives me a start. If I don't want it to write an outline, I also have had it build me a style guide by analyzing past content that I've written myself. Um, so it'll analyze it for style, voice, tone, and create a master style guide. So I have this that I can keep on hand to feed it when I'm wanting future content. So what I can do then is take a topic and I say, can you write me 700 word blog posts, but follow the attached style guide. So it'll sound more like me than it would have normally. And then I continue to alter it outside of, mm-hmm. of chat GPT, but getting, getting that content produced in literally a matter of minutes that would have taken me hours, mm-hmm. if not days without it is, is, change the way I work drastically. But most people can't type at the speed of chat GPT. Oh no. Like, Zero like, chance. I, I, like, I'm, I'm all into, I, ha- I have a, a mecha- fully mechanical keyboard with cherry reds in it. And I have it, um, I have it up at an 18 degree angle. Like I'm all into typing. I'm, I'm pretty decently quick, but, but like, I can't even read as fast as it types. Right. Like it's, it's insane. It's insane how fast it does the work for you. Now I, I, I will, I will, um, not hurt myself here too bad. I, I've, I've made it just write the content for me plenty of times. Um, oh, I have to. <laughs> and, Don't worry, I have to. Yeah, yeah, plenty of times. I do revision work with it. So I'll go in mm-hmm. and I'll say, in your first paragraph, what do you think you should have changed? And the next thing you know, it's it's giving ideas on what it should have done differently. The best way I can talk about chat GPT when working with it, it's a middle schooler who wants to impress you. <laughs> and um, <laughs> as long as you keep correcting it and keep teaching it and you keep that all in the same thread with it, it, yeah. it it's going to kick butt. It's going to do everything you want it to do and more. I know we talked about this at Digital Marketing Summit, but yeah, the more you feed it, the better your answer is going to be. So that, that thread, we used a AI checker tool. I think Lexi had used it um, in her session at Digital Marketing Summit. So you can import your content in there and it'll analyze it to see what percent human or what percent AI it is. And I had some content that I fed it the other day. I This thread within ChatGPT was so long. I kept giving it more information, having it change stuff and alter stuff. And then I took that and I put it in the AI checker and I got 99% human. So that is, if you keep feeding it, that is how good your content is going to be. But if you use that first output, it's going to, it's going to sound like a robot. But if you make it sound like yourself by keep giving it more information, having it use a style guide, it's going to sound just like what you would have written originally, maybe even better. Yeah. The next thing that you talked about right after that uh, in the presentation you know, so you've got this content. Okay. Now you have to promote it on four different channels and you're using AI to write captions for the different platforms. Yep. So whatever, so I, we promote our content on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram primarily. Well, they are all very different platforms. 
with very different styles. So what I've done is I'll import the content into ChatGPT and I'll ask it to write me a caption for each of the four social media platforms. And it'll output four different captions. They're all the, they all have the same content within the caption, but it's slightly different. So Twitter's shorter, might have hashtags or emojis, um, whereas LinkedIn's more professional. So rather than me having to think of one caption and then alter it four different ways, I'm just having it do it all for me. I love that. My, I don't know why such a small thing made my brain explode when you talked about it because I was like, oh my gosh, that would save my brain so much time and energy. (laughs) Especially when you're scheduling out, um, like Brooke said, she's Mm-hmm. five weeks um <laughs> hey I, I i have so much disdain for you in this moment um she's fi- she said didn't, she's five did, did i didn't get there overnight JD, don't <laughs> worry um, but but even at that point i mean you you come up with the facebook post whether it took you 15 minutes or an hour and now you just go to chat gbt and say take this post that i'm going to post on facebook and write it for you know, like you said, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, whatever else, you know, and then it shoots it out. Great. Now write me a 200 word blog on it. We call them articles. Yep. They carry a little bit yep. more weight, but <laughs> well, and, and it, it produces an article and I'm like, okay, yeah, I probably should actually write an article on this now because it, this gives me enough information to say this could be interesting for somebody. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, now we're linking it to an article. Now it's got life on SEO on our website. And, and it just it just feeds and feeds and feeds its own marketing forward. The only thing I need it next to do is I need it to start building email campaigns for me, and it's just not there yet. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> I'm giving it a month. I'm giving it a month. I will say, we, so I, I think we have like 35 sales reps uh, full-time, and I, Last end of last year, I was like, we need updated bios for every single one of these sales reps. Some of them say they've been with the company for 12 years. I'm like, well, that was written eight years ago. (laughs) So what I did is I created a list of questions and I sent it to all these sales reps. And as they sent their questions back to me, this was pre chat GPT, by the way. So I spent hours creating bios for every one of these sales reps. And now last Last week, we just hired another sales rep, so I had him fill out the questions. I imported into ChatGPT, and I it had its bio, his bio written in 30 seconds. It's like, where was this five months ago when I wrote so many bios, and it took me hours, if not days, and this one just was finished in two minutes. <laughs> minutes. Gosh. Thanks, AI. Yes, literally. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, the next tool that you you and John talked about was um, a photo editor, which was another thing that as someone who edits photos in Photoshop every single day, <laughs> was like, what the heck is this? Give it to me now. Yeah. So tell us about that. So clean up pictures is what it's called. And it's essentially Photoshop in seconds mm-hmm. for anyone who is not experienced in Photoshop. So if there's a person in the background of your image or there's anything in your image that you want removed, it uses AI technology to predict what is behind that image by analyzing what is around it. And you just take a little tool, color over it, and it's going to use that AI technology and fill in the background, which would take you tons of time in Photoshop to mimic that background and mirror it, whereas this is doing it in a matter of seconds. It's so slick. I love it. <laughs> That's it's ridiculous. I have literally spent hours 
doing a path around the top of someone's head to, you know, get their hair cut out just right so I can put it over the logo of a magazine, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, and so I'm just mad now. I think (laughs) I'm just bitter. (laughs) Well, the crazy part for for the tech enthusiasts in the world, people are becoming, you know, what jobs aren't going to get replaced? And for years, I mean, we're going back, I, I found a conversation I had in 2013 with a guy and I'm like, it was all about getting into a creative based job. Like it will never take over the creative space. It will never take it. We have it um, creating video. We have it doing voiceover. We have it doing art from from paint to oil to digital. Um, and now with the with the written word, I mean, the creative sector is really close to saying, "Hey, I might not do as much as I could because AI is going to take part of my job away." So and it's I'm, scary, but it's true. Yeah, it's terrifying. And I have a young man I'm talking to right now who is all into technology, and he's like, "What should I do?" Back in the day, you'd be like, oh, become a software engineer. No, become the best prompter the world's ever seen. Get into prompting AI. Sit there for hours at night, getting it to spit out code to you, getting it to spit out stupid stuff. Have fun with it. Make it silly. Make it goofy. But at the end of the day, when you go to Google, Facebook, any, anybody, I mean, anybody in Silicon, and you say, I can make it do the same thing your guys are doing it, but I can do it faster, better, and with more accuracy to what you want it to be. It's, you're, you're, you're going to just, it's just, you're going to get everyone asking you to come work for me because I want this done. It used to be a team of 10 people. AI can produce it all for us in one day when it took them three. And because your prompts are more concise, considerate, and, to a level of understanding that AI understands, maybe not us, but to the AI language model that is spitting out what you needed to do. I haven't written code in five years. I have so many backend code applications happening now from d- different AI models, especially ChatGPT, that it's organizing my inbox for my Outlook now, just just instantly to, to different weird ways that I wanted to do it because you know. I'm ADHD and I miss things, but you know, it's just, it's completely integrating into our lives. So you're going to have this whole new generation of kids growing up who can't do what they thought they were going to do. They're going to do so much more with the power of AI in their hand. I really think it's going to change the workforce in general. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those administrative marketing, these behind the scenes type jobs are going to be drastically affected. And one person is going to be able to do the work of three with the help of AI. Hmm. I'm not scared at all. Gosh, guys, <laughs> terrifying me. But John Schultz promised me that it wouldn't take over my job. No, I think there's always going to be, yeah. there's gonna, always going to be a spot for human revision and yeah. critical thinking. It can produce AI content, but there's always going to be a human that has to look at it first. So I think that's where we we're, we're slightly safe, mm-hmm. but not entirely. <laughs> so you're telling me all these people out here with English degrees who don't know what they're going to do. They're just going to be proofreaders. Maybe. <laughs> English degrees. Ugh. <laughs> who does that anymore? What is that like philosophy degrees now? Oh, good I don't know. I shouldn't trash on people. I'll cut this out later. Um, <laughs> Why would in. you cut it Leave out? It have, have AI do it. Have AI cut it out for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll just cut my husband out of this process. Mm. You know, we've got audio AI editors now, and we do. It's fine. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the audio video side. There is a tool that I just introduced to one of my videographers that you upload a video and it will remove every um, ah, uh, 
stutter, all the stuff. And I'm like, when you're editing 50 minute long interviews and try to remove all that, just, just think of the time that it's saving. Yeah. yeah, I asked, watch my husband do that for the podcast. And you know, he's a very experienced audio engineer. And the steam that comes out of his head, I think when he has to go and cut every little time someone says something and every little, you know, from those northerners up there. <laughs> hey, don't hate on us. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. How are you using it for video editing, JD? AI's got live video transcoding now and audio transcoding. So it will make you sound like different things and stuff, which is blowing my mind. There is a company called Voice Mod who does live voice augmentation and can make you sound like literally um, any president in history. Um, It can transcode you to sound like anime character. It can make you sound like you're you're playing. You're from a video game. It can make you sound cleaner. It can make you sound a little more bass or whatever you want. Um, and it's it's got full auto-tune capabilities and everything, but it's live. So it's um, less than a millisecond's response, and you can hear it so you hear yourself while the recording is going on. And it's crazy. Um, I do voiceover for video games on the side just for fun. And it's absolutely insane the amount of clarity that comes out of it because we all had a little voice box as a kid that, that made you sound like a robot or whatever, or an alien. But this thing, it's, it's, I mean, it sounds like you're doing the voice because I've done professional voiceover for years just doing cartoon voices. But this thing makes you sound like a whole different person instantly. And it's all AI in the background. It's all sitting there um, using tensor cores and your CPU to transform your voice. That's going to change the the individuals that make a living off programs like Fiverr. Oh, yeah. That they're, they're voice actors for a living. If I yeah. can read a script and have it change my voice to sound like a voice actor, we, we don't have to hire those people anymore. Right. Especially if you want to sound. And, and literally, you can make you sound like Morgan Freeman, President Trump, President Biden. There's a whole YouTube series right now of people playing video games as famous people. And they tell you it's a joke, but if you didn't know it was a joke, you'd think mm-hmm. Obama's over here cursing about a skating video game. And it's, it's, I mean, we call them deep fakes where it looks mm-hmm. real, but it's not. And it's getting incredibly real. I know Google just um, invited a test group of people to test pilot Google Bard, which so is their excited. chat or their version of chat GPT. So I'm interested to see how that compares to to the existing AI language models that we already have. I'm on waiting list for like three right now. <laughs> I can't wait. And I promise you, John Schultz, he, he's going to get access to this stuff with me and we're going to go ham on it. He uh, just actually texted me yesterday when he got the email that he was invited to be part of the the test pilot of Google Bard. Oh, he got in? Part of, yep, Jealous. he got in yesterday. He sent it to me. He's probably on cloud nine now. Oh, I am sure. (laughs) I think 90% of mine and John's recent texts in the last three months have been (laughs) AI related. Honestly, I have Slack with him for our promotions committee. And so we Slack back and forth. And yes, that's the same. (laughs) Concur. (laughs) All right. Well, we're done talking about AI. Um, 
I know we're all really excited about it, but that's that's the end of the interview. I'm going to switch over to the game time, which is my favorite part, obviously. Oh, we're playing a game that I love to play with marketing professionals, and it's Name That Slogan, which wow. I'm reversing to name that company based on their slogan. So it might be a little easier than okay. the last time I did this, but these may be current or past slogans for these companies. I don't know. I just do what the internet tells me to do. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the slogan, and you're going to tell me, let me get my my scorecard out here. You're going to tell me which company that is for, and I'm going to keep track so that one of you is a winner and one of you is a loser. Do we both get to answer each one? Well, no, it's whoever answers first. Okay. Do we have to buzz in with our name or anything? <laughs> you, you just <laughs> shout it out. I don't know okay. buzzers. <laughs> this is a low budget product here. <laughs> okay. You're ready for it. There are some things money can't buy for everything else. There's. If neither of you gets it, then we're in trouble. <laughs> uh, Is it a jewelry company? <laughs> no. I, I, I have no so. idea. It's MasterCard. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know. Once you hear it, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, this one is a, a relative, relatively new company. Um, shave time, shave money. JD doesn't shave, so I. It's probably not. <laughs> is it, is it um, Gillette razor? Nope. Uh, shave club for men. It's the Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club. So I think you're you're right. I'll give you a point for that one. Dang it. I know. All right. Next one is move the way you want. I'm bad at this. I mean, honestly, (laughs) if I hadn't looked them up, I wouldn't know them either. So it's really unfair. Is that Curves Women's Gym? (laughs) Curves. I haven't heard about Curves in like 10 years. Move the way you want. I apparently I don't know my brands like I thought I did. You will now. <laughs> You'll never forget these. This is true. Wait, is, well, it, is, it, is it is it a play on moving? Like like trip like tell your you. house. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's Uber. Oh, I know. I wouldn't have known. Um, the next one you probably won't know either because I didn't. But it's belong anywhere. <laughs> Travelocity? No, but you're on the right track with travel. Expedia. Mm-mm. Probably an airline company. Can you say it again? I don't know. Belong anywhere. Airbnb. Yes! yes. Did you just look that up? No, ma'am. Did you just Google that, you <laughs> cheater? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me see your hands. Um <laughs> This one will be easier. Think outside the bun. Taco Bell. Yeah. Man, Brooke, he is kicking your butt right now. I don't need Taco Bell. I didn't well, know that. <laughs> do they have Taco Bell in North Dakota? We Jeez. do. <laughs> We're not totally under a rock, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> We're close, but we do have a Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now you got me going. Okay. <laughs> the next one is the best a man can get. JD, this is your game. I'm, I don't know any of them. I'm going to feel stupid. I've heard it before. But, Brooke, you said this one earlier. That's your hint. Gillette? Yes. Oh, <laughs> he was too fast. <laughs> he took your own answer. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so rude. Um, okay. Uh, next one is think different. It's a pretty big one. Yeah, it is. Think different. I hate myself the, here. The blank stares. <laughs> like your brains I'm are thinking. Something will come to me, and nothing's coming. So. It's it's Apple. Um, oh, yeah. duh! Right? right then. <laughs> I'm much more of a visual person. Can you put a logo up on the screen and I'll tell you what it's for? (laughs) Yeah, that would be easier. Um, I think JD has a good chance of getting this one, but it's um, live in your world, play in ours. PlayStation. Oh! Did I get it? Did I get it? I was was flipping between PlayStation and MetaQuest. Oh, I am so shocked. Brooke, I'm going to give you two points for beating JD on that one. I just had to beat JD to an answer. I didn't even know if it was right. (laughs) Um, Okay, open happiness. Amazon? No. Open happiness, Shutterfly. No, it's Coca-Cola. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, like some of these, eh. Whatever. They don't do a very good job of marketing their slogan. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. Um, This one you'll probably get. The king of beers. Budweiser. Yes. Good job. Catching up. Three to to four because I gave you two points for PlayStation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you care enough to send the very best. 1-800-Flowers? No. You care enough to send the very best edible arrangements. No, those are both good guesses, but it's Hallmark. Um, Oh. Yeah, I know. So disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) This one's easy. Obey your thirst. Pepsi? (laughs) Wait, I thought this was easy. Obey your thirst. Come on. Dang, am I just old? Is that the problem here that I know these and young people? <laughs> I don't know what obey your thirst is. Oh, so disappointing. It's Sprite. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so I, got the parent, I, I got the parent company right. Does that uh, count? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay, gosh, this one better be good. With a name like blank, it has to be good. God, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> I'm never having you two back on this again. It's fine. <laughs> Do we want to talk about what uh, year we were born? Maybe this will help. <laughs> I was born 93. I'm 29. Yeah. I was born in 1999. <laughs> There's still products that are out in the world. <laughs> still I know use that these one. slogans. I know that Can one. Can you repeat that? With a name like blank, it has to be good. Blank. So is it a food? Yes. I can see the commercial now. What is it? <laughs> With a name like blank, it has to be good. Is it bluebell ice cream? No. Everyone listening is yelling right now. Well, I apologize to all the listeners <laughs> that I, I don't at all. <laughs> I have um, no idea. It's Smuckers. I never would have guessed that. I knew that. What? 
<laughs> I knew it. The only reason I'm mad at no, myself right no. now is I lived on Goober in my teenage oh, years. Goober. <laughs> Brooke, do you know what Goobers is? I don't. I was just going to smile and act like I knew what we were talking about. <laughs> so Goober is a thing from the 90s where it was half yeah. peanut butter and half jelly in the same jar. Oh, like okay, stripes I, of it. I didn't know that's what the name of it was, but I know the, the product. Okay. <laughs> That stuff was good. Come That's on, give us an easy there, one. Right? Like, I'm loving it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I had a marketing <laughs> podcast uh, roundtable last May, you know, a year ago, May, and I used all the easy ones on that one. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, Sorry. there were some of them. We, apparently, we didn't pay attention to that one. <laughs> um, okay, well, the next one is Think Small. Think Small. I mean, we're all learning something today. It is in the automotive industry. Volkswagen bug? Yeah, it's Volkswagen. Yeah. The score is tied. It's on, JD. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, this one is a very old one. You should know it. Oh, God. I mean, okay, I know. Okay, maybe. <laughs> may, I'm sorry. How has that I'm worked sorry. in the past, Aaron? <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> Anyone born... Before 1999, we probably know this. Um, when it rains in 1999, I know that's what I'm saying. You're screwed okay. here. Um, okay. When it rains, it pours. When it rains, that's a song by Luke Combs. <laughs> uh, it's not Skittles, is it? No, no that's Taste the Rainbow. Yeah, that would have been an easy one. When it rains, it pours. <laughs> Hey Siri, what's coming slowly in this when it rains it pours? <laughs> I feel like I can see the logo. It's with an umbrella, but I don't know you what You are the, right. You are right. I don't know what it's on. Is it Traveler's Insurance? No. No. Oh, it's almost in there. It's almost there. I can see it. I can visualize it. I told you I'm a visual person. I, I just know. don't know what the product is. Uh, it's Morton Salt. Oh, so like the yeah, it's in a blue container with an yeah. umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe this one. Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. Strong enough for a man. Is that another razor? No. Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. Clearly, <laughs> these companies are not reaching the younger generations with Clearly. their marketing. <laughs> Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. So it's clearly a products for women mm -hmm. probably a makeup or hygiene of some sort mm -hmm. okay i'm on the right track powers of deduction <laughs> <laughs> context quiz um I, I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make you guys call in your bosses because they would probably know all of these <laughs> i'm just gonna open the door right say, anyone Everybody out there know this <laughs> what is it phone a phone a friend um it's secret deodorant oh I, okay right that makes sense it would have taken me a while to get there but <laughs> uh all right this is for the uh cat lovers in the house um tastes so good cats ask for it by name meow mix hey that's a good one it's the most annoying commercial in the world meow meow <laughs> uh okay um, Brooke, if you don't get this one, I think oh that your oh. BFF, Billy Joe Schultz, will be mad at you. Expect more, pay less. Pay less shoes? No, that's a good guess, though. Expect? I've heard this. Right? Ex okay, you gave me a contact deal with Billy Joe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Expect more, pay 
bus. Is it a travel website? No. Expect. You're going to kick yourself. It's Target. Yes, oh, it is I- Target. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, we're, the, Billy we're Joe, <laughs> the Billy Joe context helped, right? It's just, well, first Target I was lover. thinking like Gucci, Louis Vuitton. <laughs> <laughs> no, Target. <laughs> I think the issue we're having um, is everyone's not glued to the TV like they were back in the day, and these slogans I mean, aren't so popularized. It's true. It's true. Unless they have a catchy tune, mm-hmm. probably don't know it. That's fair. And the next one is Freaky Fast. Jimmy John's. Yeah, got it. Oh, she took the lead. JD, I need <laughs> you to go. get up here. There's only three left. Okay. All right. It's on. It, it ain't easy being cheesy. Cheese it's. So, no Cheetos. 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 And it's actually spicy it. hot Cheetos, specifically. Well, specifically. Mm-hmm. Learn something new every day. <laughs> about I've Cheetos. I've learned a lot in the past 10 minutes about <laughs> slogans and brands. That you will always know now. (laughs) Until they make a new slogan and we have to learn that one. Until they rebrand themselves. (laughs) Um, Crave those crazy squares. Jesus. No. It's a good guess, though. Crave those crazy squares. It's it's a cereal? Mm -hmm. Is it craze? No. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, this is the last one, JD. You have to get it to tie. Otherwise, Brooke is walking away the champion. God, pressure on. I know. This is it. Okay. The last one is make every second count. Is it a jewelry company? No. Make every second count. And once you hear it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay. I've heard this before. Yeah, I've heard this a lot. You're not looking at me. I'm trying to give you a clue. It's not Samsung, is it? No. TikTok? Yes! Oh, Uh, God! Yes, it's TikTok! The literal (laughs) app that we've talked so much about, and we don't even know their own slogan. Honestly, I didn't know it either, but it's a great slogan. But Makes sense. Maybe your marketing needs to be a little better, TikTok. Maybe. That's. Just I mean, are they anyway. really marketing themselves? Everyone's just marketing. Yeah, do they even I, need I, to? I actually saw TikTok commercials on YouTube the other day. Oh. Wow. Yeah, and a Facebook okay. ad. Who do Facebook still markets themselves? <laughs> For why? Right. <laughs> well, thank you for playing my game. You did tie, so I don't have to declare anyone a loser. You're both winners. Or we're both losers. I think we're both losers in this situation. (laughs) After the last, yeah, I wouldn't clarify us as winners after that performance. I mean, I don't know how many you didn't get out of that, but maybe it was half. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, Brooke and JD, thank you both so much for sharing your insights today and for all the work you do for the auction industry. I know that the industry is better because of people like you. If you missed the Digital Marketing Summit this past February, what I have to tell you is big, exciting news. On-demand registration for the summit is now open. If you think listening to what AI can do is interesting, wait until you see it in action during Brooke and John's session. Just $395 gets you access to 12 incredible session recordings. That's just $33 per session, and you can't beat that. So register for on-demand access now at auctioneers.org slash store and click on educational events. And I do want to go back to you two. Um, you both were obviously at the Digital Marketing Summit, and I want to know your biggest takeaway. 
I do not remember the speaker's name. I do apologize, but putting on paper your brand's style guide. I know we've talked about style a little bit today, but knowing the voice of your company. I mean, when we're talking about, we're playing a whole game here on slogans. Why mm-hmm. is that your slogan? Make every second count. So now you need to make sure your stuff is focusing on every second. You need to make sure your style about your brand is conveyed across all platforms. And that's a big deal. We're, we're taking it very seriously and pushing that into not only our day-to-day usage of all ads, but also into our brand book and concreting it. This, this is who we are. You know, unless we say we're going to change, this is who we are. This is what we sound like. This is what we want people to see us as. And we're going to focus on working to make sure that's how we are. Not only that's what we do in the world, that's how we're perceived as well. For those who are wondering, that was Hope Buckner from Belmont University was a speaker for that session. Um, No, that was a great point, J.D. I think another thing that I left there really with the wheels really turning was after John Schultz's dive into GA4. Mm-hmm. We had been pushing it off for so long. You know, it's it's not till July 2023. That's so far away. Well, that is not far away anymore. <laughs> and so diving into GA4 and seeing how how much we can y- be using our data for that goes beyond how we're currently using it was, was awesome. So anyone who is going to register for those on-demand sessions, definitely check out uh, John Schultz's session on GA4 as well as Hope Buckner's session on style and branding. Excellent. Thank you guys both again so much for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Uh, In addition, while we're talking about AI, our keynote speaker for conference and show is the incredible Hart Brown, CEO of Future Point of View. His keynote presentation on opportunities in AI is one you do not want to miss. Register for conference today at conferenceandshow.com. On behalf of the National Auctioneers Association, I'm Erin Ships, thanking you for tuning in to the Auction Advocate, and we're so glad you're all in with us. (laughs) 